Hello, welcome to another episode of the Daily. This is Janice. I hope you had a good weekend. Whether you had work to do or family and friends to meet, whatever it is that you did over the weekend, hope it was restful and life-giving. And as you start today, I also pray that you're out and about, knowing that God goes with you, that He is your keeper, your refuge, that He watches over your coming and going. And is always able to provide all you need to do His will, even when you may not expect it. Amen. Some of you might know I grew up just five to ten minutes away from a beach in my hometown. In my teens, I would often hang out there for late night supper with friends. I remember on one such occasion there came a tiny kitten, meowing for attention. She went around and around our table. And after a while, my friends ignored it, and we just continued chatting. For some reason, and this has happened a couple of times with other animals, the kitten just kept coming to me. No, I was not feeding it. I was just sitting there chatting away. It meowed like crazy. When I finally couldn't ignore her a hundred percent, even after feeding some food, I reached out to, you know, try to give her a, a tender pat. And as my hand went nearer to her, she flinched instinctively, and took a step back, scared that I might hurt her. My heart sank. It was sad because it shows the kind of treatment that it had been given, despite the fact that it was such a harmless little kitten. Very slowly, I got off my chair and squatted down next to it. And I gradually managed to stroke its head without it cowering in fear. Long story short, I made my parents let me adopt this kitten, and we named her Hobbs, like Calvin and Hobbs. She's gone now, but I remember her, and how she eventually stopped flinching whenever she was about to be stroked, when she was staying with us. And this memory came back when I was reflecting on a statement I recently came across by an author named Gary Thomas. It's the strong hand, not the weak one, that must learn to be gentle. He was talking about how he came to understand this, when relating to his daughter who was young and little at the time. How he needed to learn to be gentle with her, because he was the stronger one. How much truth this statement holds, for our relationships, and even as we look at what's been dominating headlines these past few weeks about privilege and discrimination. For our societies and the systems that we are part of too, how direly in need of kindness and gentleness we all are, and how much good can occur, especially when power and privilege are used to lift up the weak, the oppressed, those stripped of dignity and opportunities, rather than to cause intimidation and condemnation in order to preserve that power and privilege. It's the strong hand. Not the weak one, that must learn to be gentle. The story of a woman caught in adultery who was brought before Jesus comes to my mind. In John chapter eight, while Jesus was teaching in the early morning in the temple, some scribes and Pharisees shoved a woman in front of him and all who had gathered there to listen to his teaching. And they said the woman had been caught in the act of marital unfaithfulness and demanded Jesus give an answer with regard to Mosaic law as to whether she should be stoned. It was a dicey scenario, 
like if you were Jesus or by extension if you're a follower of Jesus like the conversation about paying Roman taxes you can almost picture the eyes of the crowd widening and a hush falling on the crowd as all eyes are on Jesus why this came to mind was that you'll see in this story that Jesus stooped down twice at least in this account Verse 6 in John chapter 8 tells us Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground, but they continued pestering him, at which he got up and said, He who is without sin can throw the first stone at her. Then in verse 8, says, Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. We're not told what he wrote, but one by one, those who brought the woman felt convicted by their conscience and walked off, presumably because of what he wrote or said, or both. So then Jesus got up again and he saw no one but the woman and he said to her, Where are your accusers? Has anyone condemned you? Then in verse 11, we read that she said, No one, Lord. And so Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I think this is such a powerful picture of how God condescends to us, even when we are far from deserving. The condescension of God. How Jesus his entire life expressed this about his heart, that he stoops low to be near those who are broken and contrite. Jesus didn't stoop to demean anybody or remind them of their smallness. But just like he did for the woman, he wanted her to experience the freedom from her sin that comes from knowing the loving kindness of God. In some sense, I would say that she didn't need to be told that what she was doing was wrong. She knew. But what she needed to know was that even in her sin, Jesus extended a love that offers a way out that was not conditional on her being faultless first. A love that heals and restores her, can make her whole again, so that now she has reason to break free from her sin. So she needs sin no more because she's loved. The word condescension I came to learn some years ago is from its old French origin, which actually can mean to come down from one's rights or claims, to yield deferentially. Or from the late Latin condescendere, which means to let oneself down, to stoop. It means to come down together. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Emmanuel, God with us, who stepped down from majesty to take on human form so that he could reconcile us to God once and for all? is most likely not the way that we understand or use the word condescend in our everyday English these days. But in some word origin studies, condescend in the mid-14th century can be used of God who makes gracious allowance for human frailty, or a king who voluntarily waives privileges of his superior position and willingly assumes that of his inferiors. Here are just three verses that show how consistently this understanding of the condescension of God is expressed in Scripture. 1 Samuel 2.8 tells us, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princess and has them inherit a throne of honor. Psalm 34.18 The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Isaiah 57, 
15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place and with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And here's one more. For those of you who love word studies, a couple of instances where gentleness and condescension are translated as one and the same. In 2 Samuel 22 verse 36, the Hebrew word anna means to bend low, to condescend, and it's translated gentleness. Thy gentleness has made me great, or thy condescension has made me great. So you see the same in Psalm 18 verse 35 where the word is anwa, which means humility or gentleness or condescension. So you would read the verse as, You have also given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness and condescension have made me great. You know, for some of us who deal with children very often, be it as educators, parents, or grandparents, you would know it makes a difference when speaking to a child to stoop down to their level. This is both in the literal sense, as in positioning yourself in order to be able to have eye contact with the child, and in the cognitive sense, as in pitching your reasoning at the level which they are able to comprehend. The value is in the importance of connection between the parent and the child. By getting down to their level, it expresses that value, the importance that is placed on that relationship, on the parent's or the teacher's part at least even if the child does not get that the adult does it to connect. When you see the child much more receptive and feels safer or feels more connected and therefore can respond to the advice or the correction better, and as you do that, that's how you know it works. It says something on the part of the one who is willing to stoop down again and again. And it is with hope that as the adult, this child will know your heart for him or her. Like the kitten that I adopted, at times we may have been dealt a tough hand in life through circumstances or people or maybe a combination of these, right? Or some of you may not necessarily feel like you've had a hard life, you've not been ill-treated or abused, but we've all suffered heartache, hurts, criticism, rejection, failure in one way or another. And today as you're listening, I don't know your heart condition, but I know we all need to be reminded of how God is kind and merciful and gentle towards us again and again, even when we are far from deserving. Actually, especially when we are far from deserving. At the time when we were dead in sin, Christ came for us. But even after that, when we continue to struggle with receiving love and being made whole, like a kitten flinching and needing to be healed of its brokenness, and I needed to repeatedly communicate safety and gentle care to the kitten, Christ keeps stooping down low to be with us, to speak gentle words to us, to lift us up, so that we be empowered to live for Him. Today for tomorrow, for today for today, and then tomorrow for tomorrow. And then He does the same the day after, for the day after. Neither do I condemn you. 
go and sin no more. As we keep leaning in, we allow God who is willing to stoop down to be in our lowly state to deal with our brokenness, to deal with our sin. And what he does is he helps us to trust him and to receive love in order to be free and to be healed. What a gentle God you are, God, how gentle you are to us. Let's take a few minutes here and quiet down our hearts. Take a deep breath, slowly in. And slowly breathe out. Breathe in, breathe in again slowly and as you breathe in, picture how Jesus has come at a time when you are down to comfort you. Breathe out slowly and breathe out discouragement, negativity, condemnation, bitterness. One more time, breathe in slowly and think of a time Jesus comforted you in a time of need. And again, breathe out slowly. And as you do, you breathe out negative thoughts, fears, hopelessness, and so on. Slow and deliberate breathing helps us hear and respond to God's Spirit as He guides us because sometimes we're tense but unaware. So as we focus and breathe, it quiets down our hearts. Continue your breathing and I'll guide you with a few questions. Allow God to approach you, so to speak, to come closer and to extend his hand towards you. How do you picture him? How do you feel about his care, his love for you right now? How do you see yourself in his presence? Is there an area you feel uncomfortable about or a sort of hesitation you feel or a pain or sadness in his presence? Now, Focus on God and listen to the gentle words that he's speaking to you. What is he saying to you or showing you right now? If there was an area of pain or hesitation in his presence, what is God saying about that to you? Now, is there a response to him from you? You can pray it, or if you feel prompted to express a response with your body, like a physical posture, or to journal it down somewhere, feel free to do just that. 
you can take this moment to just thank God for His healing love and gentleness in your life, in your own way or with your own words. Let me pray for us. Gracious Lord, you are the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, who is holy and glorious. Yet in your loving kindness, you not only look on us, but stoop down to be with us. You not only stoop down to be with us, but you help us be whole by your grace. We're so grateful for your mercies endure forever and for your stripes by which we are healed. We thank you, Lord, for all the times you've reached down to help us up, for not condemning us, but showing us your kindness that leads us to repentance. Thank you for always being gentle and firmly loving towards us and calling us to extend the same to others. Teach us to stand in the confidence and courage of your grace that you have shown us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, who is gentle and lowly in heart. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Daily. I hope you have a great day. Grace and peace to you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.